Electricast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. On this episode of Missing the Point, it's the podcast version of hour number one of our monthly Sunday Night Sports Wrap from February 28th, 2021. In this episode, it's all about complaining about the Celtics. This is Missing the Point, episode 42, but it's all relative. Good evening and welcome to the Sunday Night Sports Wrap, hosted... By missing the point, my name is Joe Malkin, your host for the evening, and I am joined by this entire, uh, I was almost called you guys a gang, crowd of gentlemen. I guess you could be a gang of gentlemen. They call it a murder of, murder. a murder of gentlemen. A murder of gentlemen. I like that. Great. I like that. All right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome into the Sunday Night Sports Wrap. My name is Joe Malkin, and choosing to be introduced as a team are Mike Marcangelo, Dave Clark, Bob Kelly, and Rayshon Buchanan. You guys see what I did there? And uh, Craig D'Alessandro is sitting in the background watching and, and listening. It's a little strange, but we just go with it. And uh, guys, how are we doing tonight? Ray, welcome back. I know you weren't on the, the last uh, live show, but how's everything going? Oh, it's good. You know, I talked about it on Tuesday being back for Black History Month. Like it, it was important for me to be back, obviously. But definitely miss working with all of you at, at the same time. I, are you speaking to me, Miss Mark Angelo? But if so, well, she's that, definitely that is- not talking to me, dude. Yeah, and it's not me either because she doesn't like me and Mike the the same amount. Gotcha. Right. Well, well, well Miss Mark Angelo, I I appreciate you, and I'm I am happy to be back as well. Th- thank you for that. I appreciate that. It's like like that Ric Flair turn, you know, with the you know with with the tear in my eye. <laughs> Yeah, Ray, exactly. Ray, just so you know, we're happy to have you, whether it's February or August or right, any other right, yeah. one of the months. You know? No, but it just adds to the joke. But It does. <laughs> definitely good to be back and, you know, raise to get into it. Bobby, how are we doing out there in New York? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm, I'm ready to get into this, ready to be sad and break down our Celtics a little bit. I'm, 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 I'm in shirt. a solemn mood because of it. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I, I, busted, I busted out the T-Row because, like, listen, we could use a little T-Row in our lives right now. Uh, I'm surprised it doesn't have burn marks in it after the last couple of weeks. Bobby, it, just a quick it, question. It almost did, you did. Wear, did you wear that shirt the night that he went one of 144 from the field in game seven? Or? I, I did actually, and I bought it three days before that. So it is a little bit of a curse shirt, but I, I figured now, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, we might as well reverse the curse at this point. So, yeah. Dave, what's the past like out in California? It's good three hours ago out here. I'm definitely happy to be back, too. Obviously, it's very important for me to be here during Black History Month. Wait, no. That was what Ray said. That's not what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we right now? What? 
<laughs> Sorry, I read the wrong one. Yeah. Oh, hi, mom. Uh, hey, we got t- we got hi, two mom. moms listening to us, so we're off to a great start. So we're going. My, my mom and Mike's mom uh, are, oh, are in God. here. So Dave's doing well out there in the past. Mike, how how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing good, dude. I I, I just wish we had something to talk about today. It just I, I'm glad all the teams are clicking, and that it's just a your average mundane Sunday night sports wrap episode. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have anything. We didn't have a rundown done on Wednesday afternoon or anything. So, um, well, welcome to everybody that's watching us, whether you're on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube Live. We are everywhere. We're trying to get our faces out to all of you in as many places as we can. Yeah, uh, so once again, that is. yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Again, so welcome into the flagship show of the uh, Missing the Point Sports Podcast, the Sunday Night Sports Wrap. And guys, let's get into it because Bobby brought up the solemn mood that he's been in due to the team that wears green in the town of Boston, uh, the Boston Celtics. Guys, what's next for the Celtics? They're 16 and 17. They're 2 and 3 in their last five. They're 4 and 6 in their last 10. At least they're consistent. The only good number I can give you is that they're 12 and 10 against the East, which makes them 4 and 7 against the Western Conference. They play Washington. They'll actually start that about halfway through this show. And if you are listening to this podcast after we record it, so after Sunday, you can find the recording of this down in the show notes to be able to watch our beautiful faces after the fact. So, Mike, I know our moms will be doing that. But uh, getting right. back to the, to the Celtics, guys, what's next for this team and, and where are we going? Because we've all been pretty fired up about this, and I know we have a lot to say. I think I mean, just to make everybody feel better, just so you guys know, even if we were as good this year as we were last year, we wouldn't be good enough. You know, it's – Going into this season with the way that the trades happened, what? Why are you making a face? What did I miss here? It sounds like we got Jumanji in the background right now. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. who's banging on stuff. Oh, you know what that is? That's my <laughs> child. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Way to bring us down. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's, so. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. Apologies to everybody for the sound interference, but I'll, I will tr- we're going to try and muscle through with the soundtrack. The um, Yeah, we've never had a problem is, with the ambulances going by your apartment. So. I mean, but. what do you want me to do about that? You can discipline <laughs> your child. I can't discipline fucking EMTs. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> um, I don't support corporal punishment for the record. Um, we don't either. Discussing the Celtics. I'm just Speaking kidding. Of corporal. Children be children. But yeah, we were never going to be good enough this year. You know, I said it at the start of the season, and I'm going to keep bringing this up just because I like being right about stuff. If we drafted those draft picks and didn't convert them into a big third piece for Tatum and, and Brown to use, then this was going to be what happens. I didn't think we were going to absolutely trip over our own dicks this much but like here we are thankfully there's only two maybe three tier one teams in the nba right now and uh, it's you know the lakers the nets maybe the clippers i don't know about you guys but the bucks don't seem there still to me i think that like you know they're you know that i think they'll have a good regular season and i think they'll crap out in the playoffs again i don't think they use Giannis right you know he's taking threes at the end of games come on that you go ahead but we were never going to really be good enough. So we're, we're basically looking at trying to keep Brown and Tatum for the next two to three seasons. And like, we're going to still be in a rebuild when the third hall of famer landed in Brooklyn. That was when it ended for us this year to win a championship. So it, it really doesn't matter that much, you know, like being this bad just kind of means our draft stock is, is rising. So don't worry about it too much. I know it hurts to watch them, but like there's positives in the future coming. I was, was going to say they're really bad. Like we know, that their shortcomings last season were the fact that they can't hold on to a fourth quarter lead. We get it. We understood it. We saw it a lot, right? But I think I can speak for everyone here when I, I 
we did not assume a 16 and 17 start through 33 games, right? We we probably thought well, especially be- after they started seven and three, and we were all kind right. of happy about yeah. that. And I think with, with this team, right, you either get one of two things: either they're down 14 points in the fourth, or they're up 24 in, or they're they're down 14 points in the first, and they come back, or they're down tw- or they're up 24 in the fourth, and they lose. They're, they, it, it's the most incon- consistently inconsistent basketball that, that we've seen from them. And I think Bobby hit the nail on the head when we were talking about this before. Like, they're just not fun to watch anymore, right? Like, there are moments when you see the team that you love and they put it together and they make a run. And then every single time in the fourth, if they have a lead, they squander it. And I'm I'm just sick I'm just sick of watching that. I hope they can turn it around. Where do they go from here, Joe? Like, there's really hopefully we've seen their their floor. I don't think we have, though. I think that they could play worse, if that even is comp- comprehensible to you. But I hope you know hope they get better. So we we have a comment regarding Kyrie Irving and uh, Bobby bef- and, and Ray. Before you go, I want to interject with that by that comment that was made to us and the comment that Dave just made about the third Hall of Famer landing in, in Brooklyn. Wick Grosbeck was on the radio last week, of course, the owner of the Boston Celtics. He was quoted as saying, we had hoped that Kyrie Irving would stay forever and lead us all the way. That change touched off uh, a lot of stuff because he left. A bit of a domino effect. Ray, talk to me about... That's the- a really stupid thing to say. I'm just going to interject. Uh, well, sure. No, you're, you're, well, I have a lot of quotes to read, and 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 this is one of them. But Wick clearly wanted to keep Kyrie around. So Ray, tell me, tell me Thanks, about Wick. that. That's really helpful, Wick. <laughs> well, so this, this goes. So no, no. But you know what? But, but I'll interject too because this goes back to the issue that I've had with this team is the ownership and and the GM. Because you know that's always where I go. I don't touch the coach before I go to the GM and the owner. So Wick coming out and saying this, he has created a problem, and we'll get to that when we get to the quotes from Danny Ainge this week. Because now Danny Ainge, what is Danny Ainge going to do? Go above the head of the owner of his employer? That's really where the shortcoming is to me. Is like it's very clear in the same problem. It's been the same problem since last year. Is that we don't have that guy in the rotation that drops everyone into the spot they're supposed to be at. Like if we had that guy that fits there right before, either before Kemba or right after when it comes to minutes, when it comes to touches, then this team falls into place into spots where they belong. Like having Peyton Pritchard as a nine coming off the bench rather than a six or a seven, that's a big difference. So I think that's where it goes to age because it's like, dude, you failed to bring that guy in that we knew that we needed. And we've known that we've needed for the past year and a half. And it's like time and time again, we hear about these deals. We hear about these guys, the Miles Turner, the Doug McDermott's, you know what I mean? Those solid role players that we should be bringing in here. But it's just not happening year in and year out. And and it's just it's frustrating beyond belief to me. Right. I'm looking right right into you have two all stars on your team. You know what I mean? It's not all doom and gloom. You have two all stars on your team. You can do stuff. You know what I mean? It's like everything we talk about is based around the idea that you want to build around Tatum and Brown, especially now. It's such a weird thing, right? Because all you ever see, I'm sure you guys saw it watching the, them play the Pacers. Was it yesterday or two days ago? It was like Tatum, career year. Brown, career year. Celtics, stinking up the place. You know what I mean? And it's like it, it barely makes sense, you know, in your head when you think about it. It's like you have these two guys who have been good for a long time going up a level at the same time and finally reaching the, the place where we were all hoping, praying, expecting for them to reach. And everything seems to be falling apart around them. And it's like, 
dead weight is an issue on this team. There's too many players on this team that, and I know Ray's made this point a lot of times, there's too many players on this team taking up minutes that are absolute passengers that like just are absolute traffic cones. They do nothing for us. You know, I know I was big on Jeff T because he had that one good game, but he had literally, I could not, I've never jinxed someone so badly in my entire life. Like I went off on Jeff T in our group chat. And at, he literally, it's like somebody like replaced it, like his soul with another person's like, he's, he's been so terrible. Tristan Thompson has good games, but I think that like, he's a little bit slow for Brad's team. Rod Williams is inconsistent. You know, it's just like, I love Rod Williams, by the way, like he's one of the ones I would keep, but it's like these minutes are just being wasted on a lot of these guys. And it's just like, we just, we bet, I just think we have to clean house with everybody, but Tatum and Brown. And like, I also would like to keep Robert Williams, but I don't know, Ray, you were going to say something. Yeah, you know, thanks for having me. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I just the thing is, obviously, you know, we we've hopped on Tatum and Brown being young guys, but you know, they're you know, obviously with you know Brown being 24 and then Tatum being 22, I think it'll be 23 in a few days. You know, he th- those two guys already as young guys know what their role is, right? But you have you know so many guys on the team like like Dave just alluded to that are just you know I said placeholders, they're, they're trash. You know, so that, that's the problem. That's the absolute problem, in my opinion. So I just I don't know what they're going to do as far as bringing someone in here, but they need to maybe go back to what they were in 2016, 2017, right? So that team, you know, had the Jay Crowders, had you know, I mean, obviously Al Horford was already established, but the reason why I brought that team up, you had a lot of guys on that team that knew that role, knew their role on that team. So when you have guys that know their role, that's just fine. You you can have two all stars all all day. There's other teams that have talented players, but the pieces around them don't fit, and that's what's happening right now. Now. That's you on Brad, though, it, right? It's like that's on it, Brad because it, it's it, like it, oh, it, he doesn't. Well, it is. His rotations so, are trash. His minute right. allocations are trash, and like nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing. But what, yeah, what, do, you, what do you do? Sorry, but what? Well, sorry, right? What do you do when it's like you have to depend on the Carson Edwards? You have to depend on the Tremont Waters. That's wild. It's not like he's saying, "Hey, go give me this particular." Now, if he is, then you know, I hate, hate hate to see it, but it's like, damn, like really, like. I, I have to depend on the Shemmy. I have to depend on the Carson. I have to depend on a top of the Lately, but there was a period where we had guys playing, you know, guys like Jeff Teague, who was averaging like negative three points a game, playing, <laughs> you know, in 19 minutes at that point right. and like coming in in crunch time. And, you know, there's just, it's just like a lot of those rotations in that period of the season when we first started to slump, that was on him, you know? And it's just like, and I think that hit the confidence of everybody. And also, and I will say this, and I, I think, that this does need to be said. It's not an excuse, but Tatum had COVID and you don't know everybody gets affected by that differently. And his game has not been the same since he come, he's come back. I think he's going to be fine. And I think he's going to come back, you know, as the same player he was p- prior to that happening. I think you can already see that happening, but that has affected us. You know, he is our best player. So when, you know, argue, arguably our best player, you can argue over who our most important player is, but like offensively, like, you know, Jason Tatum is, is so important for us that it, if he's not playing up to scratch, the whole system falls apart. You know what I mean? It's like, you talk about domino effects. It's like, I will say this also, I, why are you talking about Kyrie Irving, Wick? How, what good is that going to do for us? Well, right he now? was asking like, a question. I know he's asking question. a question, but you're not fucking media trained. Like you're the head of the whole organization. You can't like well, dodge that question. Very, I mean, it- 
he could, but he's a business. And, but this is the problem I'm talking about, Dave. I don't disagree. It doesn't help, but this is part of the other problem. And, you know, Ray, it's interesting you mentioned the rotations and everything else and the, and the players and the talent because last week you had Brad out the door. We'll come oh, back I, to I, that. I, I still do. Yeah. I, I want to touch on what Dave just said about, about the, the COVID issues because this was actually brought up to me this week by somebody uh, who was extremely close to the Boston Celtics back in the day. And, and that was the first thing he said to me was look at Cam Newton. What happened to Cam Newton after he had COVID? The team was a completely – it was the shell of itself, the entire team, because it was the guy, right? In, in the NFL, in football, the quarterback is the guy. Well, Jason Tatum is the guy in green for the Celtics. So if he goes down and he's not playing well, it's going to affect everybody around him. So maybe in time – this team will turn around because a 72-game season is a, a much longer period of time to turn around than a 16-game season. With that said, Danny Ames this week on Toucher and Rich on 98.5 The Sports Hub said that he doesn't feel that this roster is good enough but also expects them to contend this season. He also said, I'm not going to make a move for the sake of making a move and added – this is a me problem. So, Dave, you want to talk about deflecting? And well, being I mean, but that's tra- what you have to say, right? Because if he comes on Toucher and Rich and he goes, we got to make a move, dude. We're desperate. Then you just like – you absolutely bang – like everyone knows you're desperate. When you say it out loud, you're, you just – you bang up all your negotiating power with any other GM where it's just like we know you're desperate. We know you, we have you over a barrel. So we get to finally fleece the guy that's like the most famous fleecer in the entire league. Everybody, you know, we've talked endlessly about Danny being in those positions where people don't want to deal with him because they're worried that they're going to get stolen from like it happened in Brooklyn. But then it really turned out that wasn't that bad of a trade for Brooklyn because they have three Hall of Famers on their team right now and we're trash. But at the end of the day, like if you're Danny, you can't say anything other than that. You just can't, you know, because otherwise you're showing your hand to everybody. I would not be surprised if he goes, yeah, we're definitely not going to make a move. And then he makes two moves. You know, I think honestly what their goal right now, though, is to just be profitable try and make the playoffs, you know, try and get the TV, TV money in the playoffs and hopefully be able to make some moves. Cause we're not, you know, we're not in the, in the luxury tax, right? We're not getting luxury tax right now. No. So, you know, I think that they're prepared to go into the luxury tax area once they're ready to, I think that's going to be the, the signal where it's like, we sign that one guy puts us over and we're okay. We're making a push now. But at this point, every franchise got hit by no fans in the stands last year every like everybody's probably hemorrhaging money you know in every single sport you haven't seen big blockbuster trades for that reason you haven't seen big blockbuster free agency signings like we were at the rate we pre-covid for that reason so i think i know it's a boring take but i think we just need to be a little bit patient we have a 24 and a 22 year old we have 24 22 year old all-stars on our team they're the future if we can keep them we're going to be all right we're and also jesus man how long are brooklyn going to stay together because we're not going to be Tatum and Brown are not going to be able to beat those three for the foreseeable future, if you ask me. Not to be negative, Nancy, over here, but... Yeah, but no, Dave, you can't say that, bro. You you, you was the first one. You've been saying this the last two or three months. So, actually, matter of fact, we had an argument on the live show about this. You were like, well, how long are we going to wait? You were the main one that said that. So Yeah, but now we have to wait. But now we're in the position where we have to wait. I was like, I want to trade. I want to trade these positions. I want to trade these picks to... Like, make a move now and try and make a run. And now I'm just accepting the fact that we're not there. We're not going to be contenders. I said that before James Harden got to Brooklyn. This, I, you know, yeah, it's like the, now the East is locked up. The East is completely locked up. Like, what do you want us to do about it? We're not going to win it. We're not going to win the East now. 
The thing is, yeah, but is when, you can't when, tank it though. Go ahead, Bobby. When, when, when I'm not saying tank do, it. I didn't say no, tank because it. it's definitely not a tank. Because when the bench guys do show up, that's the thing. Is like you're right. You're right to a point. I'm very disappointed. I can't even watch this team right now. But at the same time, when that bench does show up and they play basketball, they're capable of playing. When they play up to their potential, they're a solid basketball team. They can beat some but of the solid, better teams what, in the NBA. What you, what's their ceiling? What's they, their they, ceiling? Well, that's the thing is it, it, I don't know what the ceiling is, but when you have Robert Williams coming off the bench and putting up 14, 11, four and three, like that's okay. Amazing. But say you take, but this and, is what I'm saying. Like, this is what I'm trying to say. Take every single player on this team. They're playing their absolute best. They're playing the best they possibly can. We're still not going to get past the Brooklyn Nets and we're still not going to beat the Lakers in the finals. So okay. we need to still add a piece to this team. So I think what Danny Ainge is saying, I think makes a lot of sense to me where it's like, okay, it's become clear now to us that we're not quite where we thought we were. The East has strengthened to a point that has left us behind a little bit with like the way that we are rotating. The West is incredibly strong. So whoever we face coming out of there, if we were to make it out of the East, is likely to beat us. With that accepted reality, I know it's not a fun thing to say on a sports show because we want to be like, yay, hooray, let's watch the Celtics and talk about them and like get subscribers. But it's just my honest opinion where it's like, it's the how long are we going to wait thing. I hope we keep them at this point. You know, I hope we keep them long enough to make a real championship run because it's with just the two of them. Do you know what I mean, Ray? It's like we have to add a third piece. Our value sucks right now. Like we, we would we would be trading away the farm right now because everyone's playing like shit. You have to get these players to play better in order to like trade them for anything of value or like trade. You know, do you know what I mean? So let me ask you this question then, right? So Kemba, we know Kemba has not played back-to-backs. Kemba's played basically every other game, right? Now, obviously, when we saw for him Friday night, you know, Mike said it first. Mike said, this is the Kemba we need, right? So he had 32 points. Right. So, you know, but I mean, the the last five or six games, though, he's he's had about He's been getting better. Yeah, Yeah. he's been getting better. So my thing is, do you let him play every game so that you get his value up and you could package him as smart to another team and, and your first round pick next year to get somebody. Cause that's, that's the only way you, that's the only way you're going to get some pieces back to build around Tatum and Brown, in my opinion. Well, so what, what not to do? answer your, not to answer your question with a question, but do you think that absolute best Kemba, absolute best 24 year old Brown, absolute best 22 year old Tatum can beat Harden, Irving and Durant all healthy in the playoffs? Cause I just don't. One so I have to, I had to have to say yes. I'd have to say you do have to try to trade Kemba because this was like when we when we in our heads had Kemba, Tatum, and Brown going into the bubble playoffs, and you said it yourself, and it was a very good point. This was our opportunity, because and like look how true that's become because the Brooklyn Nets they didn't look like they look now, you know, because right. we knew that those two were coming back, and then Harden showed up, and it's like holy shit, there's three of them. Durant can mm-hmm. take a fucking vacation. You know, Ky- or sorry, uh, Irvin can take a vacation and they can still win games. You know, they just need one of those guys in the regular season. It's just like it's I know it's disappointing, but it's like at our best. Yes. The answer to your question is, yes, I think you have to get his trade value up and then trade him. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, what's interesting, what's interesting to me is to to bring up. We've now brought up Kyrie. The only guy that we haven't brought up that was supposed to be that third piece and that's I'm going to lead into the to, to my analysis by saying that is Gordon Hayward. Okay, we can't say that they haven't tried to bring in that third piece. They tried to do it with Kyrie because Kyrie was a bona fide winner. He had won in Cleveland. 
then they tried to do it with Hayward because they figured Hayward was a bigger guy, but also he was Brad's guy. Freak injury. I mean, Kyrie just didn't work out because I think Kyrie and Brad are like oil and water. Hayward didn't work out because of a freak injury. They bring in damaged goods and Kemba Walker thinking he's going to be ready to go by the start of the season when he gets there, and he wasn't, and he gets re-injured. So we can't say that they haven't tried to bring in the third guy. The problem is that when they, to me, is that when they do bring that third guy in, they still extend the bench too far, so you're giving those minutes away. It goes back to that power struggle I brought up last week on the show. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so I think a couple of things, right? I think when I see that message, I'm not going to make a move for the sake of making a move. When I read that, when I hear that, I hear Danny saying, I'm not going to trade anyone unless I can absolutely fleece the other team. That's what he's been doing. So he kind of But nobody has their- value right now. Well, I, I, but that's, I'm just telling you, like, when, when I hear that's that, like, he does not do a trade unless he absolutely wins. And I get it, but that's only happened a couple times so far. Also, I'm not sure that if Kemba's his, at his best, Jalen's at his best, and Jason is at his best, that they don't beat Brooklyn because James Harden doesn't show up in the playoffs. He just doesn't. And I that's think. I think talking about one game seven. You're like, if it's like that one game seven, well, you missed some shots few, and all of a sudden it, it's, it's, it's a few. It's not just one game. It's not one game. I think it was that's a, a very dangerous things. position to take. I think that James Harden with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is going to fucking well, show up in the playoffs. The thing really is, do. This, he doesn't he have doesn't, to. Right, he has KD and Irving. That's, that's what it comes down to is he doesn't Don't need show to up. anymore. He doesn't need to anymore is because he's got those two. But if it's this version of Harden, this version of Harden is one of the most dangerous basketball players I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy. He's, he's unbelievable right now where he looks he's mad. playing he looks defense. Pissed. He has a point to yeah, prove. It's, it's a different, it's a different Harden version that we uh, can, didn't can see Bobby. in Houston. It's not the ISO Harden. It's, yeah, it's funny. The, I'm, 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 I'm going to be an actual <laughs> point guard. It's, it's, he's <laughs> honestly, he's taking the identity of what, <laughs> his coach used to be. He looks like, listen, I've, I've told you guys, I've come back on that take many times. If that's the Harden that we got all day, man, it's not the that, Harden we would have gotten though. It's it not the might Harden be though, how, because how listen, man, this guy, how do we know that? Because he's playing, he's right playing with KD he's, and Kyrie Irving, but he's, he a, he's, but he doesn't even need those two right now. It's like, Kyrie he doesn't, without, but he's Har- still not the best out of those three. Do you see what I'm saying? If he no, goes he's to definitely Boston, not. I agree. He but right if now, he comes to Boston, he's injured. He, he's the guy. He is the guy if he comes to Boston. So this is how I know, right? Because to yeah. Mike's point, saying that if he goes into when he goes to the playoffs, he's nothing. When when was the last time he was with two young guys on a team and they were supposed to go all the way and didn't? I believe that's the team that Ray and I were trying to ban. Right? Was that Oklahoma City? Yeah, I, so, I mean, they, well, they, they got there. and They were all young. He choked in the finals, though. He choked in the finals. I have to say, he did choke in the finals. He did. He was but that's young. my point is he doesn't have well, to that, be. That Houston, but that Houston, that Houston series against Golden State, they should have won that series, too. And he absolutely I mean, which, which, I mean, which, which, which year? That was him. He, he faced that was it three him. times. Both years. Both years. <laughs> there was two years where they had them up against the ropes, and James Harden just went ice cold and there's that enough. last Fair that enough. last game you're seven talking where- about you're talking about your level of criticism at james harden i'm not trying to defend james harden here but i do think he's like maybe one of the best off if not the best offensive basketball players of all time and i think that you're leveling the criticism of james harden that he didn't beat a generationally good golden state warriors team like you, everybody holds these two thoughts in their head at the same time that's the best team i've seen in my lifetime and james harden sucks because he couldn't beat them like how can both things be true you know what I mean? It's like I know that he went cold. No I know. I know that I, I know that I understand that. Like 
he went cold and like, you know, he had his opportunity, didn't take those opportunities. And I do understand that criticism, but I mean, Jesus, you know, it's the golden state warriors. Like they're going to punish you when that stuff happens. Like there's times where it doesn't happen to him. And it's, you know, it just comes back to the fact that he's very good at basketball. And I think locker room chemistry is less of a thing in basketball than it is in other sports. I think it, what matters is who, how good your guys are. And when you can get a guy and I, you know, Ray and I agreed on this when the trade rumors were happening with Harden, when you can get a guy as good as James Harden, you go get him. You do everything. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. I, I absolutely do not regret going to get Kyrie Irving because you're an idiot. Right, if you don't here. try and make that trade, it's right, like, same here. It, I understand it didn't work out, but you got to do everything you can to go get him because He's Kyrie Irving. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I'll say this, and I, I did appreciate your point, Joe, about trying to go get the third piece. And it, it's not that easy. You know what I mean? I mean, this isn't a market that people like love coming to. We know that about Boston. We the People have seen it not work out with Kyrie, et cetera. But with Hayward, I see a lot of people on Celtics Twitter, which we've talked about how Celtics Twitter is a fucking swamp. But it's, I see a lot of people on Celtics Twitter, you know, being like, oh, look, great, good, great job trading or getting rid of Hayward or letting him go because look how well he's playing down south. It's like, no, I mean, that's, that happens all the time. He needed to change the scenery for that to happen. That's different. Yeah, you know? that's different. Yeah, that's he, his, he's had that's a bad. If, totally. if you watch the you know, Hornets, they run offense around Gordon Hayward. And like, he play makes the way he wants guy. to. And, and yeah. yeah, 100%. And like, he needed to change his scenery. I mean, like it was like the first few minutes of his Boston career when that ankle <laughs> happened. Yeah, you know, the dude just had no. If he had any luck in Boston, it was bad luck. And it's yeah, just it like, was it wasn't happening in Boston. It wasn't meant to be. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't meant, meant to be. be. There. Agreed. And the, I don't criticize Danny for that. I don't criticize him for trading for Kyrie Irving. I don't criticize him for trading for Gordon Hayward. Uh, a lot of bad luck and did what they were exactly supposed to do. I personally, I disagree. I don't level it on Danny because I think he's made all the choices that we wanted him to make up yeah. to the point. Yeah. Was I, were you right about um, uh, Turner and how he was getting a little greedy on the trade? You absolutely were. But in his head, he was thinking I can go and get Tristan Thompson and that's a decent alternative without having to give up the farm. And we all agreed that was a decent alternative at the time. Yeah, it may absolutely. not have necessarily worked out that way, but we did at the time say, well, I mean, Tristan Thompson's fair enough and we got him for free. So He's making the choices we want him to make. So the blame game's not, we're not there yet, I don't think. And I think in three years when we have a championship contention team, because we're a little bit patient, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll be with Danny at that point. When you bring up Celtics Twitter, so, so yes, their take that they should have gotten Gordon Hayward is great because he was gone. He was leaving no matter what. But for sure. I feel like it's like yeah, everybody wanted him out, by the way. That's what they're right. missing, though. And I feel like that's really what what Celtics Twitter is, is upset about. Is they're yes. missing. They're missing what Gordon Hayward brought to this team, where it was like that exactly, same Twitter fan base was talking shit about Gordon Hayward. Throughout I know the entire but that's, playoffs, though. that's the piece they're missing, though, where it's that guy right. that can give them those men and you can depend on what he's going to give you every single night. And it's like you're putting him in for 10 points eight rebounds and six assists every night, no matter what. And that's the guy they're missing right now. Whether it be playmaking, whether it be defense, they're missing the Gordon Hayward energy. And it's so obvious that's what's missing from this team. But when you watch them every night, you're like, they're just missing something. And that that, to me is what it is. Right. But that, that's why their clip, a lot of people on Twitter and then like the media pundits like Forsberg and Scal and some other guys, like they're clamoring for the Celtics to go get Harrison Barnes because that's it. Right now, if you that's look it, at his numbers in Sacramento, right. seven, 17, 6 and 5. Oh, there was another guy here that averaged 17, 6 and 5 last year, Gordon Hayward. So that's exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Not, and I'm not saying that's what you said, DK, but 
that's why you can't necessarily punt on the season because if you get a guy that's going to get you 17-6-5 to match when Kemba's not on or Tatum and, Tatum and Brown are not on depending on the night, then you can still beat most teams. And if you get a smart back that's healthy and then you do what you said, Bobby, now instead of paying Christian being the sixth guy, now he's 8-9. and And now your front seven, well not front seven, I'm thinking football still, but your first seven to eight we'll off the that. bench, you know, right, exactly. But it's like, you know, then you have, you know, Kemba, Smart, Tatum, Brown, Thompson, you know, Harrison Barnes. And it's like now that pushes everybody back down. Now right. we're talking about something. But well, until we're, we're you get that kind of piece, you can't get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and it brings a full circle I'm not, to I'm those. Not saying punt. I'm not saying punt on the season, though. I, I can't. I'm not saying punt on the season. I'm not saying, like, let's tank. Let's get a high draft pick. 16 and 17 in sixth place <clears> in the East. You I'm not saying that. Season. But the thing is, as we sit here right now, we, you and I are in agreement. All of our guys have lowered in value. So there's no point in trading anybody right, <laughs> right. now because we're gonna get we're gonna get right. absolutely fucking fleeced, right? The only so, two guys that have value are Pritchard and Williams. Those are the only two. Yeah, I mean, you he has you Pritchard has value to you because you have his poster up above your bed. But <laughs> he, <laughs> no, no, Peyton Pritchard's very good, and I hope in three or four years, like he's a big piece of the team. But but Love right it. now, just I'm just saying right now, right this second, we're all in agreement that we agree with Danny Age. We can't really make a trade right now because we're going to get lower value for our money. You know, We've got a dent in the car. And if you get the dent fixed, you'll get more money for it because it's just going to like look a little bit better. Now, Ray's saying we shouldn't trade later. We should see the ceiling of this team out, get that one more piece, and see who we can beat. And I'm saying now that the Nets look as they do and the Lakers look as they do, you know, maybe that's not the route to go. It doesn't really matter. We can just see how it plays out at this point, you know? I had yeah. Jessica Alba's poster from Sin City above my bed. Not Dark was Angel? That, it wasn't. You didn't go Dark. No, Angel. you know, I just that was a little bit before Sin City. It wasn't okay. much. Right. Long, yeah. but you had was, Jessica Alba. Great. I had Alan Alda. So similar. similar. Uh, very similar. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's close. Big same, Mash same, fan. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh my god. So all right. So, so going, staying with the staying with the Celtics. Double theme. double entendre. <laughs> staying with the Celtics theme against looking at what Danny Ainge was saying this week when asked multiple times. When he was asked if he, they could have done things differently, him specifically, he said there are things, but I won't address those because they involve people. I don't like to point fingers. There are choices we made that could have made a difference. What is I What's just, he talking about? He, 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 well, misfired, a, he misfired on Hayward. Like that's just what yeah. it is. It, it, just that's oh, just come out Who and said say that. that. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. We know, we know. Like, we just know. come out and say that. Like you, Joe, you had it right. You said this is all the things that he could do, but he's not going to do it. But no, I don't. He, I don't agree. Because he I wants because Ray just made that you point. You cannot agree that, after I'm done though. 17, he, 17, just, just, 17 just five there. and four. We liked it. We liked seventeen five and four. He missed on getting the return for Hayward and just letting him go for free. He should have done the trade with Indiana. There should have oh, been something. Sorry, more. I think I said Yeah, no, no. There should I, have I been something know, more. So like when he says like, that he missed on people, that's what he missed on. I don't yeah. know if that's what he means. I, I, I don't think that is. I think he means because... Kyrie Irving's a dick. I think that's what he means. Oh, we all, but we all know that. But, but the thing, like, when it comes to when it comes to Gordon Hayward, is like I feel like Gordon got that offer and he was going. You know what I mean? Even if Danny was being greedy, I feel like that Indiana thing was it was overblown. I thought he wanted as to go to as, uh, He did, but as soon as Gordon Hayward was getting twenty eight, what is he getting now? Twenty five million dollars a year. As soon as he got that offer, man, it's all over. You we know what I mean? That. Then right, we then said that. we're like, if someone's going to overpay for it him, it doesn't matter, right? So, but it, it doesn't look like an overpayment now. 
It, it really doesn't. I feel like it's a Kemba thing. I feel like it is a, a Kyrie thing. I feel like he just regrets not making that move. And just, I feel like he does look at this team and he gets frustrated because that's what he has now. And it, it's not what he wanted this team to be. You well, know what I mean? Because he, there were so many moves he could have made and he didn't. And this is the team he has now. If our leadership is still this hung up on the fact that Kyrie Irving's not here, we have a big problem. Like, if they can't move on, we have a huge problem. Right, but is that the message, though, Mike? Like, is the message like, I don't know, man, our plan this with this team really heavily involved Kyrie Irving, and we're really not sure what to do now? Well, Wick said it. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, but I, I, I think Danny's I, Danny was saying the same thing. He's like, oh, the <laughs> things involve people. The people was Kyrie Irving. He's like, Kyrie because, Irving's a tool. That's what he's Danny saying. Ainge. Because Danny Ainge did his media after Wick. So that's what I was talking about. Is And another interesting question came up uh, in that same interview with Danny. And, and that's kind of where I'll go with, with this conversation, Dave, now is that they asked him, "Are you were you uncomfortable when Wick Grosbeck came out and talked about play uh, personnel, playing time, all these other things that really are two levels below him, right? Even though they're not, it's his team. But that's exactly what Danny said. Danny said, well, it's his team. He can say whatever he wants. But I also feel now thinking about it and listening to what you were saying, Dave, is that's just lip service because it's not how he feels. And Wick Rosebeck blew up his spot and really put him in a position. But rest assured, guys, Wick Rosebeck has uh, full confidence in and made a commitment to Ainge and Stevens staying in Boston. And Danny Ainge on Toucher and Rich, when asked about Stevens' future as a Celtics head coach, denied any chance of there being a change. So, so Ray, no Sam Cassell. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, it's, it's not a Ooh, shocker, like- though. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah I said it on a Tuesday show. That'd be in the yeah. show as well. But that's the problem. That's the problem. Like it's ridiculous to me. But then I thought about it. He's only had two coaches in his tenure here. You know, yep. it was Doc Rivers yep. for nine years, and I, I, I like Steve giving coaches so. time though. I like giving coaches time to build a, a culture. You know what I mean? I, I just think. I think the worst thing that he said there is he packaged Danny and Brad together. That's a little disconcerting to me, because I think that's him saying yeah, like they can do no wrong. One goes, but he, but no, one goes if one goes, both one, go. And I, one, I don't agree with one's that. the other. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, cool. I, I don't either. I don't either. Let me go to Luger right now. Come on, Mike. Let's, <laughs> you're driving him. Well, of course, that's what he's gonna say though, because any coach is. Listen, the fact that question is being asked and you hear they're both safe. You know what that tells me? They're not safe. You know what I mean? Like yeah, anytime exactly. that happens in an in a market <laughs> where you're directly asking a GM and an owner. Are, are these guys safe? And they're saying, yes, they're safe instead of scoffing at it. Instead of being like, what's, are you kidding? You know what I mean? There's so many other answers besides, yes, these are my guys. And it's like, yeah. when I it's hear that like, from if you an owner, question, they're not, those aren't your guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you ask that question, if the answer is, yes, they're safe, then they're not safe. And the, if the answer is, no, they're not safe, then they're definitely not safe. So like, right. you're right. fucking damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, because no, it's like, right. You need to be like, of course, what a stupid question that was. Like, right. <laughs> otherwise, it's like, ooh, uh-oh. <laughs> now it sounds like a press release, you know? It's like when Jerry Jones, not to always go back to this, but when Jerry Jones was asked about Jason Garrett over the years, it was never he's safe. It was he's Cowboys family. He is here. Jason Garrett is part of this. It wasn't, yeah, yeehaw. he's safe, right? It wasn't he's safe. He's this. It was this is what's happening. 
I just so, always picture Jerry Jones doing finger guns, like dancing. Oh, oh always. Texas Tech, guns <laughs> you know, up. You know what, He's going you know guns up, bro. Guns up. forever. <laughs> you know what would be a hell of a party is uh, Jerry Jones and Jim Irsay. But anyway, moving on to free agents. We can get back to that conversation later. But free agents in the NBA. So regardless of, hey, look, if, if Wick gets rid of Brad and Danny and says, I'm taking over the team, would you guys want – I'm just going to – without – cutting too many corners here would you guys want isaiah thomas and or demarcus cousins on this team right now i'd rather have cousins that would just be admitting defeat yeah like, okay have, so that's I, the end of that conversation well, I, so I, would just, I, okay, I mean it's a lot how cheap it's, can it's you get question. i mean oh, i mean pennies. he's basically guaranteed for for 2.3 because that's what houston guaranteed him once he got signed on but i mean obviously you can get him around the same amount if not lower that's that's even better I think I think people miss the spirit that IT and his teams brought to Boston. So that's why we're so hooked on it, right? You know, it's just like obviously defensively, no, it doesn't make sense to bring him here. Not defensively, but just that guy that you know, okay, if I give him the ball in the fourth quarter, it's IT time. IT. He, he's not going to fade away. And his shot was nice. Look. His shot. Yeah. Was so nice, you can see. So I, Dude, I, I watching him, watching yeah, him in the playoffs, he was, he was go one on one with John Wall and winning was like yeah, I, was I, the I, most fun I've had crazy. watching the Celtics in the last yeah in the last you know, decade. That, you know, that game so. two, Kelly, yeah, Kelly yeah, Olympic yeah, MVP chance game seven. Come on. Yeah, that, that was that was the same. Let's go. That was the same. Those teams were fun to watch. They were, you know, they were plucky. You know, they were young. They were plucky. Like, but Brad was still. We weren't. Guys knew their role. Everybody knew their role exactly. They had the role. They had the guys that you could trust. Five, six, seven, eight. They had Crowder. They had Evan Turner. They had Avery Bradley. Guys, when they checked in the game, you weren't like, "Oh shit, fuck!" Here comes Javante Green. Oh my god, here come. I mean, John Javante didn't play bad the other night, but oh no, here comes fucking T. You know what I mean? There, there's Chevy guys that check in, right? There's guys that check in on the Celtics <laughs> right now. Where you're like, dude, why? All right, all right. All right. We're here goes. Here I, goes I agree at with that point, point about the energy, man, because we need but, a winner. You know, we need somebody that can come in on a spark, you know. But if we're going to get a point, we need a distribution point guard. That's the guy we need. We need someone that's going to create the shot for Tatum and Brown rather than. I'm Pritchard, though, because Pritchard's ceiling, you know. Right, right. Exactly. Because if you have someone in there that, because I don't disagree with that take. I don't know if you guys saw it, where someone said that the reason Brown and uh, Tatum aren't elite is because they don't create and make the game easier and better. For not, everyone not, else, not every they're, they're worried about every them. Night. That's the problem. Not every night, right? They but do it, but it's not every if, night. If you brought in someone who that is their sole focus, and, and and you set these two up to be that them, let them score thirty points and get sixteen assists out of. I'm just going to throw it out there, Rondo. Yeah, exactly. Like that, Bingo. Yep. That, yep. that is that's exactly that, who needs to that, come. That exactly. could take this team. To, yeah. to, yep. to what we think they can be, because exactly. when you, when you have someone setting them up for forty like 30 to 40 points on a nightly basis and going not only going to be trying to get them in their shot, but that is his only focus. We've seen that from Ronda before where it's almost the downside of his game where before, all he does, all he does is, is set. No, that's, I'm, so, I'm here for that's, that's, that's exactly who they need. That's exactly. Before Dean's head explodes baby. and he goes off about Rondo, I just want to say, I think that we look back on those Celtics teams from like the early Brad Stevens era and we said they were fun to watch. So they were, but that's because they had no expectations. None, and they always exceed. They always exceeded. Now, when you put, 
Now, when you put pressure on them, they can't meet it. So, yeah, it was cool. Like they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and it was he was awesome here. I, I love it. But that was not a winning team. You could not win a championship with that team. We knew it. We know it now. And and if, then we were just in the moment because they they just over exceeded expectations that were so low. We we came close with that team. I don't if, know. if you took that bench, listen. If you took an injury away, that was bench, during, and put that, them with this starting lineup. They win a championship. Yeah. Business. We're in facts, 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 you give me facts. Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and Kelly Olynyk coming off Preach. the bench. We're Preach. in business, Preach. man. Though, that's the bench Jay we Crowder. need. You, right, I, I, listen, I, I, I don't love Jay Crowder either, <laughs> what's, what's up, but I love Jay Crowder as my seventh guy coming. Right. That's yeah. Off that's, the bench. That's, that's, perfect. Perfect. that's what it is. Perfect. It's like perfect. when you look at it, if you take. It's like you guys weren't there watching him just like a jack up bricks. For, for no, he, so he, 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 he definitely had moments where you're like, you scratch your head, but it was like, once again, him being your seventh or eighth guy as opposed to freaking Shemi Ojale or, sure. or Jeff Teague, yeah, sure, my sure. God. Like, and once again, it's tough to keep guys know? like that, though. You know, it's tough to keep them when they get a little bit better and like, the, you know, they are good role. They're good role players for a reason. And it's like tough to keep them when you're trying to like build something over four or five years. Can we go back to the Rondo thing for a second? Yeah, yeah come, come here. Like, let's, let's talk about it. Fucking, <laughs> A fucking like the li- there's like a little green man that's like my Celtics fan that like lives inside me, and you guys were like Rajon Rondo, and like my brain just started flashing images of like Rajon Rondo like standing still, just picking out like dimes to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, dude. Times we never thought would go away, you know, like just such a different time of my life. I'm like. 18 everything's great got my whole life ahead of me and rajan rondo is just like not running just like just throwing like a quarterback on the court and i'm like yes <laughs> yes yeah. give me that again for that one brief moment and then i remembered that he's a million and he doesn't do that anymore <laughs> it's just like no but he, come he, on. He, he he's not gonna be he's not the same guy no he, but was, he, he was really good with la last year he was right, really but, good but, with you know, yeah but he was playing i, I, I got I, I understand what you're coming from dave like we don't need him to be the guy in 2010 to get you that when they got 29 18 and 13 in game four against Cleveland. We don't need that guy. We don't need the guy that got 44 and 12 against the Heat. We don't need that guy. I like that guy. Oh, 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 no, of, of course. But that was, I mean, that's, that's that was not, such a good not... Rondo. That was unbelievable. I remember that yeah. when he was dropping it three. Made me mad he was, it was just TV Rondo. It was TV like, Rondo. I was like, right. why can't you always yeah, do that? It was dude? unbelievable. Right. But that, that's, that was when I, I remember a Facebook post came up where I was like literally preaching that Rondo is like the future of the NBA. I was like, if this dude can work, develop that three point shot like that, yeah, it's I mean, he's, he, it he's, like, he's, he's ridiculous. So it's just like, that's the thing. Like, we just need someone that's going to say, hey, you're going to be in the spot. You're going to be in that spot and just find it. Just make the game easier for our two stars. That's what yeah, we but need. You, you know for a fact that the Celtics fan base will not be able to accept Rajon Rondo in that role. You know for yeah, a fact don't, that when they, they Rajon don't, Rondo comes back, don't watch. Not, it's going to be don't like, watch. Right? He's Rondo watch. back. Like, don't watch. That's fine. Know, don't dude, watch. It's just like, no, I'm not saying I you. Know, I'm saying anybody that feels that way, that doesn't have, you know, a sense of IQ in there, but like, don't watch it then. Forget it. Like, Rondo is a basketball savant when it comes to moving the basketball. Yeah. That is not sure, an opinion. That sure. is a fact. So, no, yeah, sure. so it's like, yeah, let that go. Let it go. Right. And it's like that's it, – it, they, they don't have anyone on that team that's that role. Kemba's not a creation point guard. He's not a playmaking point guard. He never will be. It's never what he was. He's a scorer. He's a guy that you can trust to go out and get those points. And, yes, Pritchard is that guy. I love Peyton Pritchard. We all know that. But he's not at that level yet. You know what I mean? He can't be that guy that you can rely upon to create for this team on a consistent night in night basis. It's just not going to happen yet. So it's if they can get that guy to come in here and be a creator for this team. Yeah. Yeah. 
So for you guys, what would be, not to seal this job, but like for you, would you rather have a facilitating point guard that creates a shot for, for Brown and Tatum, or would you rather have a, a big man come in that at the end of the game can sure up the paint? I mean, I, again, Boogie Cousins isn't a defensive savant, right? But he will make you think twice about driving. And he's pretty good right now for what you get him for cheap. So what would you guys rather? I mean, are we taking a punt on Boogie Cousins? That makes me feel like... That makes me feel like we've given up. You know what I mean? It's like, let's go get Boogie Cousins and like see what we can do. I, I think like Ray's right. I think the best thing you do is you just like nurse your wounds right now. I think you you try to rehab Kemba. You manage his minutes. You try and get Marcus Smart back fully healthy. You don't rush him back. You don't freak out about the record slide. And you let Tatum and Brown play their game. You know, I think that's the way to do it. If you go get Boogie Cousins, you're rejigging stuff. You're screwing up your minutes rotation again. I, I just think it, Danny is right at the end of the day. It's like you don't make a trade just to make a trade. You don't sign a player just to sign a player. My mom used to bring me to Blockbuster Video and I would walk around Blockbuster Video and I would be like, I got to get something. And my mom would be like, you don't. <laughs> it, we can just go home and you know, you can do something else. And I'm like, but we came all the way here. You got to get something. That's when you, you, rent, that's when you rent a video game. There yeah, was well, time. I mean, I would, you know, I'd be standing there yeah. looking at him and nothing to jump out at me. I'm, and you know what I'd end up doing? I'd end up going home with Boogie Cousins wait, and fun, I wouldn't be happy. Fun fact, I'm on the top 10 wanted list for, for uh, overdue video rental fees. At well, there's all, only at one blockbuster in places. Oregon. So. All of them. Every single video rental place you could think of. There was like, <laughs> I walked in there, they're like, bro. So you put them all out of business. (laughs) Thanks for that. uh, I wish I could go back in time and just be like, I'm renting all the videos and never giving them back because you're all going out of business in like eight minutes. I have lots of old school PS2 games with that blockbuster video tag on it. You know what I mean? Where they put like that sticker on there. Bobby, you call them overdue. They call that shoplifting. So there was a time, there was a time, and it was about 1999, walked into a blockbuster video in Milford, Massachusetts, which is now a Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Neither one of those places are sponsors. Milford, Uh, Massachusetts is a Five Guys Burgers and Fries? Yeah, we walked in there, and we rented Air Force One with Harrison Ford. Still a great movie. Oh, great movie. Great movie. And we got home. We started watching it. There was some violence. There was some stabbing. There was some language. And my dad gets up mid-movie and looks at it and goes, oh, I didn't know this was rated R. Well, hell, we're halfway through it now. So, And that was the first time I watched an R-rated movie when I was 10. Nice. Air Force One. That's yeah. a good one. That's yeah, a good, it was with my dad, so yeah. might, as, might as well watch it with him and somebody else, right? That's a good one. <laughs> so my, my thing about the Celtics here is I, I, to go with what Dave just said is we got to give it time. Good transition. Give these, That's a great transition. Thank you. <laughs> if you if, I was going to transition to the NFL, but we're still a little Just early. let him do it. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, why are you going to call me out? All right. Well, so welcome back to the Sunday Night Sports Wrap. It's just me, Dave, and Ray Sean. Uh, Mike and Bobby have mysteriously left the show, but no, what, what I, what I think about this team is I think there's just so many moving parts right now, whether it comes to guys not being fully healthy, maybe an owner not wanting to spend because there still aren't fans in the stands, which as of March 22nd, there will be fans in the stands again, but you don't want to eat a luxury tax when you're not getting any revenue from ticket sales. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And you do have $28.5 million in trade exception, which Danny said to the same point Dave and I were talking about, you don't want to make a move to make a move. That doesn't mean he has to make it now. That plays into the offseason as well. And that was kind of what he alluded to, was that there's not much there now. We'll wait and see what we can get down the line. So that uh, go ahead, Bobby. But yeah, before you transition to NFL, that, that trade exception, DK, I don't want to 
shoot down that Bradley Beal theory you had on that pod with me and you. It's not theory. I, that was it, not a theory. That was me going, this would be my best case scenario. I don't think it's that's, realistic. That's a real thing that, listen, Tatum and Beal are boys. So, like, if if there's someone that Tatum is like to and, right? and be like, listen, you need to go all in to get this dude here, it's Bradley Beal. That's the guy he's going to go and vouch for it and say, this is the guy that's going to take us over the top. Not sure what it's going to take to get him, but if there's someone that that he wants, it is him. If we ever get Bradley Beal <clears throat> with Tatum and Brown still on the team, I will fly to Boston, and we are all going yard, all of us. Like as this, like I will go absolutely ape shit. Like I'm getting on a plane that day. That is a solemn promise. I don't think it's going to happen, but that we'll would walk be unbelievable. In, walk into Danny's office, be like, "Listen, missing the point. We're here for." Here for, uh, here for We're with the band. Don't yeah, worry. I, I am also a fan of Bradley Beal because, like Stan Lee, I very much enjoy alliterations in names. So, what are our final thoughts on the NBA and the Cel- I, I This is the third time I've I mean, that, I mean that, that, that was that was a total. Yeah, that, was, Stanley, that, was a Marvel, love... that was a Marvel joke, guys. If you didn't understand, yeah, I'm with that. That. <laughs> it was marvelous. marvelous. Future, future, future podcast foreshadow is what that is. Marvel. Yeah. Marvel. Is this where you guys tell me that this is just a word document, and not a real podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe wanted to have a podcast, but we wouldn't let those dangerous thoughts on the internet. So we just kind of opened up a private Zoom, mm-hmm. told them we were on a podcast. That eight, <laughs> that, eight that eight is just imaginary. There's no one actually watching. It's yeah, we made that up. at one point. So, well, no, I guys, I think it. I think what we've all agreed here is that this has been a great therapy session about the Celtics because I think we all went into this thinking we were going to be a lot more upset than we actually are when actually we're coming away with. Dave saying that he agrees with Danny uh, and basically the, the words from everybody else is it's not time to panic yet. Right. Because Mike brought up a great point. Mike, your point was that before the season, we all said, if they don't do something, this is what it's going to be. And then Ray and I decided to put them forth in the East because that's where they should be with the team as currently constituted. But then Harden gets traded to Brooklyn and now we have a, a, a bigger issue. Yeah. I'll tell you what though. If, there's any doubt right now if this team can do something or not, we're going to know with the second half of the schedule because this thing, I don't know if you guys have seen it, if you really looked at it, but it is brutal. We have Maverick, Sixers, Hornets, all within the first two weeks of coming back after the All-Star break. Then the Nuggets, Trailblazers, Lakers, Nets, all on a consecutive week. So there's a version of this team though, and it's not the most recent version, but there's a version of this team, Bobby, that goes and beats those kinds of teams, but like the shittier, the shittier tier teams, you know, like the kind of remind me of uh, a football team. Yeah. One Steelers. Oh, well, we'll get there too. (laughs) (laughs) We're We're all sitting here. We're all friends now watching the Celtics together, commiserating over the Celtics. And then you're like, Hey, remember the Steelers? Remember this guys? Remember this shit? (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's crazy. Go ahead, Ray. No, I'll say we just had a comment saying that Bucket Cousins is not changing his team. Well, g- guess what, Mr. Silva? Ne- neither is Daniel Tice or Sammy Ogilvy either. So just, just <laughs> that's the thing is, like, I, I, I wouldn't want Boogie because I truly believe if there's one thing I want to come away with from this season is if Robert Williams is legit. So, like, I, I think that Dan- listen, Daniel Tice needs to take that. a backseat. Dan- all these guys need to take a backseat to Robert Williams because if there's one person that looks like he can actually – dominate an NBA floor on the Celtics besides Tatum and Brown. It is Robert Williams. Cause there are times, man, where he looks 
he's just a presence. You know what I mean? When he gets streaky. rolling, that's pretty streaky, but like those upside streaks are, yeah. are legit. Yeah, but he's yeah. never played more than 13 games in a row. Like so, like that needs to change. Like we need to figure out if he's a if he's a big man for the long haul. Because if he isn't, if he can only do this for like you know sporadically throughout the season, then what? Like yeah, he's a high ceiling. But if he can't do it consistently, if he can't be a you know in a regular season where like a sixty t- you know sixty game season, like that's a problem for me. But the only reason like- I bring in Boogie Cousins is because watching Tristan Thompson, just my personal opinion, play offensive basketball is it's so unpleasant sometimes. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> so, it's really well, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it definitely an MCA type of game. He looks like me out there at times off- offensively, anyway. Defensively, yeah, he, he plays old man basketball, just, but like not bodies, in a fun way. It. Yeah, he yeah. just bodies yeah, people. Yeah, pr- pretty, pretty but much. But then he got bodied by Zion. That was embarrassing. You see, that? I mean, everyone gets bodied by Zion. Yeah. Just saying. Know, but like it just hurts when it happens to us. We need to not mention, listen. Marcus Smart is so much so important to this team. And like I, I know we're being really positive for such a team that we've been talking so much shit about, but I really it's feel like there's still a lot of talent on the team. Right. And and like if you watch, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there's a clip from that that Hawks game that we got smoked by where Marcus Smart is shouting coaching on the defensive end to the entire team. Like he's telling Jeff Teague he needs to slide over. He's telling Tristan Thompson needs to, he needs to rotate up. So like having him actually on the court, I feel like does make a big difference in this team. And seeing when he comes back healthy, we'll see what this team really has. Like I said, we're going to know. I'll tell you why we're more positive though, is because we came into this season with a set of expectations. Those expectations have been crushed. We've all gone through now the morning period, denial, anger, I don't know, rage, shame. I don't know what all the other ones are. Not but turning like, him on. Just like, yeah, you know, yelling at each other, yelling at ourselves, crying in the shower, whatever process you went through about the Celtics team. And then we came into this show and we're all, we're, all, uh, we're all basically at the end of the group cycle. And that is acceptance. And then, I don't know. And, and still, acceptance. I mean, Joe, Joe, it could be I'm bargaining. We might still be at bargaining. I don't know. Joe had to come for me on the air on Tuesday because I mean, I, I damn near had a meltdown. Like I literally, like, like in the middle, it, like, we was we was in the middle of having a point, and I literally was just like, oh god, like they, like this team is so bad. He was just like, you know, like, hey, like take a deep breath. It's okay. And I'm like, well, it's even worse like when we're brain right now. It's, it's so worse bad. when we're recording during a game too, because then you're, yep. you're watching it happen as you're talking about it. Yeah. yeah so, so I mean, Ray, just don't turn on the game against. Washington that starts in a minute and and we'll be fine. I, 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 so, can't, I can't though. That's the problem. Like so, so can I, I'm, can, I'm glued ahead, to yeah. I'm glued to the foolishness. So so just to, to recap the first hour, uh, we we have accepted kind of what's going on as, as, with the Celtics, kind of. As Mike just said, we're pissed. I mean, we have every reason to be because they're not playing well and the management is refusing to do anything about it. But uh, my point on the first hour is at some point, while we are all fans and we are trying to figure things out, we want them to be the best that they can, there may be underlying things that are going on with this team that may be causing them to not do it, whether that's not wanting to spend money when you're not getting ticket revenue, whether it's the health of the team, which we've seen because we have guys that have physical injuries and we guys we have guys that have had illness fatigue after they've recovered from the illness. We've also learned that Dave has a little green man in his head. Contrary to popular belief, it you has guys to not, do with the you Boston Celtics, not the fact that he's Irish. We also learned that Bobby is a klepto from Blockbuster and that Ray is... He's insane about the Celtics. And, and then we're all pissed. a lot nicer to each other when we're talking about basketball. And if we move on to football, it's going to get mean That's again. Fast. Let's, go, let's move on to football then. <laughs> all right. Fine, go ahead, fine, Bobby. Fine. Go, go ahead. No, I was just, so I was going to, I was just going to say, 
to bring it back to Brad Stevens, listen, that's one guy right now I can never be positive about because I can't stand this rhetoric anymore. I, I can't agree. stand He's actually really it, man. It's, it's so frustrating to see a team blow a 24-point lead and then not have the coach be pissed after. I, I, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. do it anymore. He doesn't get just angry. He's from Indiana. Listen, I just it would be really I great if we didn't blow this lead, guys. Uh, right, know, I just, just can't uh, deal with back well, a little bit on uh, well, defense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, exactly. Right. Well, you know, I feel like we just weren't getting the shots that we wanted to get. If we got those <laughs> shots, this game could have been a lot different. And you know what? Listen, you know what? I know Kemba was two of eighteen tonight, but this guy is part of our plan. Okay, Kemba is. There's part a really of the good date line on tonight. I'd really love to get <laughs> home just, and watch. I can't take it anymore. I can't. And I need someone. If there's a 24 point lead, I need someone that's like, guys, what the fuck are we doing? Are you like, that's what they yes, need. They need yes. someone that's going to take their yeah. foot. We and have the, shove you're it absolutely so right. far up their ass that we it, have the PBS <laughs> coach and we need the Spike TV coach. Bobby, exactly. we've talked about this though, right? Haven't we? Haven't we heard it's this so from other coaches on other teams in the past? We and, and it's just different when it's in our city, right? We started oh, to God. hear it. We started to hear it as Patriots fans from Bill Belichick this year. We've heard it in the past as Red Sox fans, mostly from John Henry, who can get lost and just go run Liverpool if he really wants to, even though that's what he hired Billy Bean to do. So screw those guys. Sorry, that's not even true. Uh, <laughs> There's just so many things I, wrong like John Henry. I, I, I know what you're like I'm sick of being fed bullshit, man. I'm sick of someone taking can a I ask big you something, Bobby? pile I of know. shit and shoving it in my mouth. I'm sick of it. <laughs> You know, there's places where you have to pay extra for that. But listen, <laughs> let me ask you something honestly, though. Don't you think? Do you think that in basketball culture, that basketball players, the the way the football players are, for example, coaches from the time they're in Pop Warner are screaming at them. You know what I mean? Like from the time you're in Pop Warner playing football, it's like, what? Get up, maggot! Get up and run through those tires! You know, and like mm-hmm. that's just how the culture is in football, and it's very right. like, listen to your coach. Listen to your coach. The coach, it's like your your dad, your priest, and your coach, like down in Texas football, whatever. I've been watching a lot of Friday lights, if you can't tell. But um in basketball, they're a little softer, the players, you know. It's not you can't really yell at the players in basketball these days. It's the you AAU culture, culture, man. Yeah, it's very, 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 very soft. Culture. Very soft. AAU very soft. Culture. <laughs> That's very soft. Ray's like, are my hey. pillow guy. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, yeah, very very soft. You missed hundred percent of the shots that you don't make, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to make sure that you just take, <laughs> you take one day at a time and one game at a time, and it's just like it's a, it's a joke. Just made us fluffier. But things, also, you know? yeah, if your name's you Marcus Smart, what, if you go get a well, coach to yell at Tatum and Brown, the worst case scenario of Tatum and Brown might come out. Tatum more likely. Where if you yell at Jason Tatum, like there's a chance he might just like be a little baby about it and be like, "Well, I'm just going to go to a different team then." I feel yeah. like Jalen's so different though. Where I feel like yeah. Jalen wants, I, I, I feel like Jalen wants someone in his fucking face. You can hear it when they ask him questions about how bad this team is playing. His reactions are it's it's so telling that this dude wants someone at the throat of this team. Because he's like, it's unacceptable. It's bullshit. To they don't see play the hard enough. Effort. You, you want to know why the they, they're blowing fourth quarter teams? They're not playing hard enough. Right. They're just and, not and, playing and hard enough. That's, that's why. why it's like, if they were playing hard and they were just missing shots and just like missing their assignments on defense and it actually was fundamental basketball issues, then I'd be like, okay, Brad, you're right. You're right. You know, that's fine. But if you're not playing hard and, and I don't, I want to see that fucking vein popping out well, of Brad's forehead. You know what I mean? I want. Never I want. Happen. 
I know it's, and and it's so frustrating and I'm just I'm so well, done with it. It's been years and it's the same shit every fucking year. I'm I, done. We were also at one point. We were also at one point. I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'll just make this one point. And I'll shut up. The, the we were at one point on Brad Stevens, like one of the best, if not the best defensive teams in the NBA. Now we're like the 15th best. You know, it's like you you were talking about that era with like the Olenix and the Avery Bradleys of the world. It's like we can't defend in transition anymore. We can't. Pre- we could never protect the rim. I've never seen a Celtics never team the miss their rotations as much as this team. The, yeah, there's that killed. guy we wide open in that corner every fucking time. It looks like a college basketball team. You know what I mean? Not but you can also. But the thing guy, is, you can also just. And we open. discovered this in the playoffs last year. Is you can just run the zone on us. And just put bodies in front of people, and everybody just goes like, "Oh, I don't want to run through bodies in there. Let's just shoot. Like, let's yeah. just start shooting because, yeah. like, oh, I don't want to. You know what I mean? And it's like that's, that's soft as shit. That's what I was gonna say right, real yeah, quick, Joe. Is that what's and Bobby? You had me in tears, but I think what, what's <laughs> what's more enraged, like enraging to me than than the rhetoric is the fact that the, the overall philosophy of this team appears to be. We're just going to shoot our way out of it when we can't. And it's just absolute mismanagement of the team, right? I, I mean, I think, you know, there, there are a few bright spots. Yes, I agree. Do you, do we, can we all agree that, that Naismith is not one? He's not a bright spot of this team. Like he's not. He's, yeah, what happened there? No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's look, played better lately. Better. Don't yeah, do that. He's at Greg Williams. He's not the bright spot. No, when Brad is finally giving him minutes. Now he's yeah, actually he playing better. So no, he wasn't playing at all. So we was like, I know, well, what but the hell's like, going on? But, but if he was brought in to be such a specific thing, like this grip and rip guy. And yeah, if he that's... has that skill set, like what, you know, why not just put him in those situations? It's like frustrating to not, to not have seen him get those rotation minutes. No, early, no, you know for I mean? sure. For sure. But I feel like he's become better as a defender. Like he, he definitely hustles on every play. You see that, that chase down block. He had a couple of nights, like he's invested defensively, which is, I think. Well, I want to see more of him that. though. That's what I'm talking about with. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. That's all. That's on Brad. Yeah, that's that's not on Neesmith yet. I grant I want him to start knocking down some shots, but once again, right. that's not that doesn't always translate right away. But I think you know, obviously, we all definitely bought into that. Like, oh, okay, to, like you know, to defend him when you guys have when you have a guy in college who's really good at coming off screens specifically and shooting. That does always take time to adjust to in the NBA because the screens you're coming off, they hurt more. It's so, and like it's so much the, faster. The, the bodies too. are bigger yeah. and everybody gets there faster and they yeah. get to their spots faster. So he's going to just learn to come around those corners a little bit tighter. And like, I think that shot will be there. But yeah, I mean, but that's what I mean. Like, what happened there? Like, why isn't he getting his minutes to learn that? You know what I well, mean? It's, it's like, like, go do that. In that New Orleans game, guys, we were all talking during that game. You knew they were fucking blowing that game. Going into the fourth, every yeah. single one of us knew that game it. was getting blown. Yeah. It was happening. And and the fact that Brad didn't look at what he what was on the court and be like, listen, we got to change everything. I, if I was Brad two minutes into that fourth quarter, I call a timeout, and I do a 5-5, five, five, man. I'm taking everyone off, and I'm putting a whole new group on. Because you guys to need to, to lose change. by 30. You need to change the fucking energy. <laughs> Regardless, though. But we still fucking lost, so you might as well send a fucking message. How many but, times do you me, see but, that? Where you just take all of them off. But he You're can't like, seem guys. to change what we're doing. We get stuck in these weird patterns of, like Mike said, shooting all the time. Hero like, ball, you know, man. We're talking about that. Yeah, hero ball, sure. That's a thing that we do. Getting killed in the zone. That's still a thing that we do. We didn't learn that lesson from the playoffs. Taking turns bullshit, they not playing as a team, turns. not moving the basketball. Brad can't seem to get them to lock back into a different thing when they get stuck in those moments. And we had we talked about this on a show I was on a couple weeks ago. Do they listen to him? You know, when he no. says stuff at this point? And I'm really worried about that because if they're not listening to him, we got a problem. 
So it only took us 61 minutes to slander Brad Stevens and the way he approaches press conferences. Bobby, it's a good thing we didn't. It's a good thing we didn't kill the NBA segment because we would not have gotten that wonderful nugget from Bobby that had Mike and I falling out of our chairs, uh, quite literally. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.